0: Welcome to the Fear and Greed Business Interview. I'm Sean Aylmer. Today's a significant day in the fight against sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace from December 12. Today, the Australian Human Rights Commission has new powers to investigate sexual harassment and unlawful conduct under the Sex Discrimination Act. It's a major change and many businesses may find themselves unprepared. Prabha Nandagupal is a lawyer who worked as senior legal advisor on the Human Rights Commission's Respect at Work inquiry. She has since founded Elevate Consulting Partners, advising businesses on this very topic. Prabha, welcome to Fear and Greed.
1: Hi, Sean. It's terrific to be here.
0: Firstly, can you give me an idea of just how big a problem sexual harassment is at work? I mean, the data is quite shocking.
1: It really is, Sean. So sexual harassment is pervasive in Australian workplaces and no organisation or industry is immune. Every five years, the Australian Human Rights Commission conducts a survey into sexual harassment and the last one was released in December 2022 and it found that 41% of women and 26% of men experience sexual harassment in the workplace and for some groups uh, that rate is even higher for example uh, 46% of people who identify as LGBTQI+, uh, 48% of people with a disability and 56% of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people experience sexual harassment in the workplace.
0: Wow how I mean the numbers are astounding What is sexual harassment? I mean, maybe we need to take it back a step so that people understand what it is, because if there's that much of it going on, it can't all be, well, maybe it is all uh, for poor reasoning, but there must be ignorance out there as well.
1: Yeah, there really is. Um, What the survey found was that 28% of people who originally said that they had not experienced sexual harassment based on the legal definition went on to report experiencing one of the sexual harassment behaviours. So in a nutshell, sexual harassment is uh, sexual conduct or a sexual advance that is unwelcome that a reasonable person would anticipate the possibility, would uh, intimidate, offend or humiliate.
0: Okay. What sectors are worst for it?
1: Yeah, look, at the moment, we found in the last uh, survey, retail um, is a sector that's um, really problematic. So 40% of people uh, working in the retail industry um, reported experiencing sexual harassment.
0: So take me through the new legislation. It's based around a company's positive duty to eliminate sexual harassment. What does positive duty mean?
1: So basically, businesses now have a legal obligation to take proactive measures to eliminate sexual harassment and sex discrimination, and this is a huge shift for employers from the previous complaint-based model, which is reactive, and it relied on individuals having to bear the burden of making complaints. This has now shifted to a proactive model in which employers must take measures to prevent harmful behaviour. And the key point businesses need to understand is they can be held liable for failing to take those measures, even if no one has made a complaint.
0: Stay with me, Prabha. We'll be back in a minute. I'm speaking to Prabha Nandagapal, founder of Elevate Consulting Partners. Okay, so let's take a retailer and let's say it's a cafe and they've got 10 staff. And is it about making sure that the cafe owner uh, educates, trains appropriate behaviour in the workplace? I'm thinking of it in pragmatic terms. What does a small owner of a shop need to do, for example?
1: Yes. So if we take a step back, the Australian Human Rights Commission, who have been conferred the powers to monitor and enforce compliance, have put out a suite of guidance material that's based on the positive duty compliance framework. They set out seven standards which they expect businesses to meet in order to satisfy the duty. So the seven standards are in the areas of leadership, knowledge, culture, risk management, uh, support, reporting and response, and monitoring and transparency and evaluation. Now, for a small business owner, I think firstly, you want to understand what's happening in your workplace, speak to your workers, Uh, where is the sexual harassment and sex discrimination occurring, Uh, what are the hotspots, what are your risk factors? Now, we know that underreporting of sexual harassment is rife, so only 18% of people who experience sexual harassment report it, so it is not a reliable indicator to rely on formal complaints that have been made. Then you want to ensure that you have a very clear, um, simple policy that outlines uh, the behaviours that are unlawful, expected standards of behaviour, as well as letting your staff know how they can make a report if they experience sexual harassment or sex discrimination. And then um, another key thing businesses of all sizes will need to do is to ensure that their workforce is educated on sexual harassment and sex discrimination behaviours and what their rights and responsibilities in the workplace are.
0: Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot in that and I can kind of get my head around a small business person doing the right thing. What about a really big retailer who literally has tens of thousands of employees? They're going to have to make sure they've got um, some pretty good governance around this, that people are trained and
1: uneducated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And actually, just last week, the AICD jointly with AXI released research on how prepared boards are for their obligations and to provide support for directors in navigating this new landscape. And the research found that while 85% of ASX 300 directors believed that the prevention of workplace sexual harassment was a high priority issue for boards, uh, most of the directors surveyed, including 80% of women directors, don't believe that their boards are fully equipped to meet the positive duty obligations. Um, So for these large uh, organisations, I think the first thing is for them to ensure that their leaders understand that they are ultimately responsible and accountable for eliminating sexual harassment and sex discrimination. This is not an issue that can be delegated to HR or people and culture. It must be treated like any other business imperative and backed by meaningful action.
0: Okay, so what happens if companies don't comply
1: So, the Australian Human Rights Commission um, does have monitoring and enforcement powers. So, if the commission reasonably suspects that a business is not complying with the positive duty, they can commence an inquiry. They can issue compliance notices. And then if those compliance notices aren't met, then they can go to the federal court to seek enforcement.
0: Okay. So, it's a very, very serious issue, this. And from today, literally, all businesses need to be at least thinking about it. It sounds like Australian companies and organisations really aren't ready for the change. How effective is this going to be if companies aren't ready?
1: Well, Companies have been given 12 months to get their house in order. The legislation was passed in December uh, last year. I think this enforcement date um, today, 12th of December, um, is a good opportunity for organisations and businesses to be reminded that now uh, the Commission can start enforcing and you really must start putting measures in place to eliminate sexual harassment and sex discrimination.
0: Just interest, where is Australia uh, in terms of other countries? Does this legislation put us in line with other countries? Are we still lagging? Where are we up to?
1: Yeah, so in 2020, the National Inquiry into Sexual Harassment found that um, Australia was lagging um, behind other countries in terms of prevention and response to sexual harassment. But since then, over the past three years, there has been significant legal, regulatory and policy changes that have brought us more in line with leading practice around the world. I think particularly, with this positive duty framework. We are coming out ahead. Uh, just a few weeks ago, the United Kingdom passed their positive duty legislation, and that only comes into force later next year. So, I think there are going to be many eyes internationally on Australia to see how the business community responds to their new obligations and the impact this will have on prevalence rates.
0: Prava, thank you very much for talking to Fear and Greed.
1: No problems at all. Thank you, Sean.
0: That was Prabha Nandogapal, founder of Elevate Consulting Partners. This is the Fear and Greed business interview. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's best business podcast. I'm Sean Elmer. Enjoy your day.